Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'll tell you what I can't abide. Would you rather? Would you rather? Your mum was a goat. Or you have to eat goat for the rest of your life. No. No, I don't want to decide whether or not I want pencils for hands or scissors for feet. Because I have enough trouble getting the world to accept the body I already have, rather than adding fucking stationery to it. Why would I want to answer a hypothetical question? Not going to happen as some sort of light entertainment. I tell you what, I blame middle class people for not having a deli. That's why they invent these games. Would you rather? No, I fucking wouldn't. Newsflash, the sun is in the sky. <laughs> that, that shouldn't be news to anybody. And if it is, please do press stop and put your head outside the window. And I mean, honestly, you'll have a great time. But where I'm calling from, the sun has made a reappearance after what felt like a very long winter. Doesn't winter drag on? Particularly the older you get that time between Christmas, if you celebrate it, and now. Oh, didn't it go on? There's no joy in it either. What, pancakes? Shrove Tuesday? Ash Wednesday? What am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) Oh, there'll be complaints. There'll be postcards, Debbie. Anyway, (laughs) talking about the weather, how dull. What a dull way to start this podcast. Anyway, welcome back, you bunch of slags. It's lovely to see you. If you're new around here, the name of the game is After the Tone. And what you're about to hear are voice notes left for me on a burner phone. And I don't know what's about to happen, what they're going to say or do. um, And that's kind of half the fun of it. Um, If you're a regular, well, lucky you. (laughs) That's all the bananas you've been eating. Oh, lucky I make myself laugh. On today's show, it's a double whammy. You've got JRF and the carer. Mm, Yes, we're really spoiling you. But first, depending on how you're currently listening to me chew your ear off and talk about the weather, lucky you. Um, (laughs) There is a way you can help us out for absolutely free. Um, So let's all pretend that you're nice people. If you're listening to this currently on Spotify, there is a follow button which you can press. And you can also give us a star rating. So, you know, treat yourself to that. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, in the top right corner, you might be able to see a plus sign. If you press that, we'll be able to jump out at you when you least expect it. 
it. Um, and if you're loaded, just log into your bank account and send me all your cash. Thank you very much. <laughs> those little things do make a huge difference to us. So please do feel free to press those buttons and say nice things whilst you're at it. And why not find us on the internet as well? Because it'll be nice to put a face to your name. A name to your face? face to your name or name to your face? Well, I guess actually it'd be nice to put a, a, a voice, a no, voice, a face to your, oh, God, I've fallen into a vortex. Um, <laughs> it'd be nice to put a name, a face, a picture. <laughs> it'd be nice to know what you look like. Oh my God, I think I malfunctioned there. Anyway, Debbie, press play because I think <laughs> either I'm malfunctioning or having a stroke or both, which, you know, will make the next downward quite interesting. <laughs> Hi, After the Tone. This is Jessie. I'm calling with a poo mystery. So I live in a flat with three other people. Two of them are a couple, so we'll call them A and B, and then there's a third person, and that's C. And the other day, I was staying somewhere else, and so A, B and C were in the house, and also the new person that C is seeing. Um, and in the morning, A came downstairs, and we we have a toilet, which is, like, just a toilet, like, it's separate from the bathroom, so it's, like, a little room. And if you imagine if you're sitting on the toilet... A found a little tiny coin-sized piece of poo to the top right of, of your right foot, if that makes sense, like near the door, considering the size of the room, not really that near the toilet. So then A was like, texted off, like, what's that big night? I found a little tiny bit of poo. And that became Poo-gate. <laughs> and everyone's like, who put a little bit of poo there? And so everyone was like, it's probably the new person that sees dating, because, you know, that's like the easiest thing to say in a house because it's a bit embarrassing to have left a fleck of poo on the floor <laughs> and it was very funny everyone thought it was funny and then it was over and that was like maybe a month ago and then last week <laughs> a was in the toilet again and a found another fleck of poo like to the top left of where your like left pinky toe would be <laughs> it happened again <laughs> And that time, C and the person C's dating weren't in, so it was me, A and B were in. So, basically, these are my questions for you, Scotty. Number one, like, logistically, how do you get flecks of poo that far away from the toilet? And number two, who did it? Like, is it is A covering their tracks? Is it B, who was there both times? Is it two different people? Like, could it have been me and I didn't notice? Every time I poo now, I'm, like, really thinking, <laughs> like, is there a way that I could be accidentally flecking poo? Which I just don't think there is. <laughs> but it's made me really poo paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to the room. Now, this started off like a riddle. There's A, B and C, oh, and there's also D. I mean, we also don't mind D turning up, do we, Hans? Anyway, by the by, let's not mix business and pleasure. Now, I did think it was a riddle, but turns out it's an actual mystery, as um, a famous pop star once said about 40 years ago, which is not a current reference, Scotty, move on. Okay, how? Now, I think this possibly depends on, A, if it is poo. Have you inspected it? Do you know? <laughs> why, why is this podcast made me say these things, Debbie? Am I going to do this? Yeah, I am. Debbie's nodding. Okay, fine. One, do you know it's poo? Have you inspected it? Is it chocolate? Is someone? Why would someone bring chocolate? I, I don't know. I don't know. Is it poo? One. Two, ask how they wipe. Why am I? Why? Debbie, what? Yes, Debbie's still nodding. I'm still doing this. 
two, do they wipe while standing up? Because maybe that's how it's happening. Three, does any of them have flatulence? Maybe it's coming out like that. I don't know. Don't look at me. You're the one who's turned up here with this ridiculous story. Anyway, who and how? I don't know. But truth be told, I'm wondering if it is you. I'm wondering if this is actually a confession. Hiya, Scotty. Hiya, everybody. Long time listener, first time caller here. I just wanted to call in because I was thinking about one of... Oh, sorry. That was a little burp. I was thinking about one of the callers from the other week who um, was called Jay and they talked about feeling like they'd lost their spark and sort of a, a pervading sadness about everything and about having some health issues. And I just wanted to say that I really hope that maybe the past few weeks have been a bit brighter for you. Um, and on your ask about any recommendations for like strategies for coping with the big overwhelming sadness of what it is to be alive, I've got absolutely nothing for you other than to tell you that my hobby, well, one of my main hobby really, if I'm honest with myself, is knitting. And it's just, it is the perfect hobby for the depressed because you can do it while watching Teddy. Um, and it makes you feel like you're achieving something while also sitting very, very still. And I also, while you were talking, I was, I don't, I, I'm worried that what I was thinking that feels a bit like fetishising mental illness and fetishising sadness. But I was thinking about the fact that in some ways it's such a natural response to all the fucked up stuff to feel deeply, deeply sad. And that that is a really beautiful thing in lots of ways because it's so profoundly human and not to sound like, you know, everybody's Tumblr in 2015. It's really hard to stay human sometimes in a world that feels like it's trying to churn you out and make you as productive and flat and whatever as possible. And yeah, just wanted to say that I hope you're well and that I'd love to hear any of your music if you were... We all would. We'd love to hear it, genuinely. Oh, hello, LTLFTC. (laughs) They're getting more elaborate. I will rein it in some point, but just not now. Burp away, please. Listen, if anyone is going to cast aspersions about burping, it's not going to be me, is it? Do you know what? But they've gone for the last few weeks. Even I'm still having my cup of tea before recording, but they're not here. Is one brewing? No, no, but free. So somebody needs to fill that gap, don't they? So well done. Can I just say, there is a beauty. And again, like you, lovely caller, you know, it's weird because you, when you're talking about it, you don't want to feel like you're fetishising it. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a thought. So we're going to share it. Because otherwise, if it didn't, it would be quite a quiet podcast. There is a beauty in the fact that Lovely Jay walked in here from Canada saying, I feel this way and I don't feel very creative. And this has been a conversation now that has been running for the whole of the season. We're on episode eight. And there's a beauty and an irony to that, that um, someone's opening up in their confession around where they are at has made us all feel like, okay, it's spurred us to call in and make this thing. So just really wanted to echo that back to Jay, if you're listening. So there you go, have that. I love the fact that you were saying I've got absolutely nothing to offer. 
<laughs> I wish I felt the same. <laughs> Imagine if I had no opinions. God, this would be interesting, wouldn't it? I'm quite interesting. I'm quite interested. <laughs> I'll say that again. I'm quite interested in finger knitting. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, look it up on the old interwebs. And it's very easy to do. Again, you can do it whilst you're watching the telly. Um, but um, you don't need to have the sticks for it. And you don't have to actually be that technically good. Do you know what I mean? And you can make sort of those sort of punky, like, you know, roomy, airy, big numbers. So treat yourself. Tumblr. Oh, RIP. Do you remember the days? There was something there that you were talking about, about productivity are quite into success or uh, sorry that's kind of how I was like translating some of the things that you were saying and I was like oh yeah I wonder if there is you know because I do say like it's um being sedentary is to be activist or something you know it's anti-capitalist to kind of like not always keep pushing forward but saying that I don't know if anybody else has this but I have a massive guilt thing with rest massive now after recording i'm about to throw myself on a bike because i've got a few days off i'm gonna go cycling around the north coast of wales god forbid i just had two days off god forbid i just sort of sat there doing nothing but what will happen is with the crazies i just start beating myself up i'm just like useless you should be doing something you should be moving forward you know so i wonder if anybody else is that relationship with rest or time off because i tell you what i could do with a bit of talking to hello scotty and producer deb and everyone else that makes this podcast happen it's wee minch here that's the nickname that i'll give myself (laughs) Oh, aren't you nice? Um, I wanted to say thank you for the response that you had towards my pretty sad wee voice note. I was really struggling that day. And it's still, it's been quite a rough week, to be honest. Um, When I'm trying to explain my financial sort of situation and just how I'm feeling with, like, family, often their response has just been like, right, and this is how you fix it. And, like, again, that's just pretty fucking exhausting. Because I just want them to listen and turn around and be like, yeah, babes, like, it's pretty shit, in it? Um, and I know that that's something to, like, you know, families can't always respond in the ways that you particularly want them to because they're complicated and everybody's human. But I just wanted to say thank you because I think the response that you had was actually pretty spot on because there isn't really much that you could have said. Um, there's nothing that can be said to really fix it. It's just it. But I'm doing better. I'm doing okay. I do believe that the opposite of capitalism is sexy because in my eyes, being really sexy is just existing. And I have this like vision in my head of like, right, how would I feel at peace? What would it be like without capitalism? I'm like, oh, I'd just be so sexy. Like I'd be in the middle of a field. I'd probably have hundreds of snacks around me, really nice juice, like loads of different kinds of juice that would also be like wine, uh, a pina colada, a cup of tea that's really nicely brewed, like all this stuff. And I would just be there in this field and it'd be a nice hot sunny day and the sun would be on me. And I'd just be there and I'd maybe just be by myself and that would just be me existing and the idea that money was not there and it would just be really sexy time. And I know that's not, you know, being sexy is not the pinnacle of things and you don't always want to be sexy. But anyway, also I wanted to bring to the table what your favourite soup and sandwich combination is. Mine would probably be ham and cheese sandwich and white bread with Heinz tomato soup. Oh, hello, 
friend, it's you. I'm so glad you're back because that message, that your thoughts, your ideas, your honesty just have really stayed with me. And people IRL in real life, as the children say, um, have really spoken to me about it and said, you know, there's so much that I relate to that or like it brings up so much for me. So thank you for dropping by again. We Minge. I love that that's going to be your name in this room. <laughs> well done, 10 points. You can have a badge for that one. Now, this idea of fixing. Yeah, there is this sense of when you share a problem that people think what you're saying is, help me solve this problem. When sometimes, well, I think a lot of the time, I go into a situation going, please, can you just listen to this thing that I'm processing? Because it will allow me to solve it for myself. You know, the more times I think I repeat a story, the more times that I feel equipped to be able to deal with it. But people have this sense of like duty, don't they? And yes, it does largely come from I think people loving you and caring for you, like you say, like your families do, but it is complex because they're only bringing their own bullshit to the table, which is sometimes not helpful. So I've had to learn that. I've had to learn how to listen rather than to fix. And um, I think my therapist calls it, uh, what do they call it? It's, it's about being a rescuer. Like we all have this tendency in the drama triangle to be rescuers. You know, we all want to save. Well, some of us want to be children. Some of us love the drama, but there's a sense within us that we want to rescue and sometimes we just want to be heard. So there's that. Uh, if you're a non-Scots person and you have no idea what Jess is, then you'll have to look it up because the Scots relationship with Jess is just the best. Honestly, being sexy is just existing. I think that needs to be the new live, laugh, love, doesn't it? <laughs> that's just something that feels very beautifully profound by that. Now, moving on to the question in hand, soup and sandwich combination. How dare you come in here with your wet food types? I can't abide soup. If you like a carrot, have a carrot. Why make it into water? I know these are controversial opinions about soup, but no thank you. Too wet. Now, if it was Minan's broth, Minan doesn't like a lovely chicken broth, you know, with spuds and all the rest of it in it. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, that's got real-life objects in it, not mushed-down shite. So, I'm going to go Minan's broth and my own soda bread, which I put fennel seeds in because I've got notions. That is also a question for the room. What is your soup and sandwich meal, please? Thank you very much. Are you Scotty, love? Come here, let me give you a kiss. It's that JRF here. Hello, love, how are you? And I am Tim. And I am Kat. And I am Maya. And hello, producer Deb. Oh, my lips. Any road, I thought I'd ring up and do a little humble brag because I'm dead excited. On Saturday, I was, you know, trapped in a cage of misery and depression. Oh, my God, my cat just leapt upon me. Um, <laughs> scared the crap out of me Klaus Terrorising me while I'm trying to uh, talk to, to Scotty So yes, I Saturday I was in nothing but a pit of misery and despair And then I get a notification on me, me Instagrams And I get a message to tell me that My visage is hanging In the National Portrait Gallery of Scotland um, or the Scottish National Portrait Gallery, I think that's what its official title, as part of the counted exhibition that's going on to sort of be, coincide with the Scottish census. 
Uh, oh, that's that fizzy water. I'm like you. And anyway, in 2017, when Jesus was never but a boy, I sat for this lovely person, Craig, who was a student at the Edinburgh College of Art. And uh, he was doing a photographic series called Mask, M-A-S-C. And uh, took lots of photographs of queerdos um, in their environments. Any road, it's gone full circle. It's so nice to think that, yeah, my my image is now part of the permanent collection of the National Galleries of Scotland. I've not done too bad, eh? A gal from Bradford up on the walls in the gallery. So, yeah, um, representing queer visibility in Scotland. Being counted, being included. So, yeah, it's put a right spring in my step. Um, I haven't got a story about vomiting or shitting or pissing or, um, yeah, anything miserable. Just wanted to show off. But anyway, um, lots of love and light to all in the ATT pub and big love to you all. And a big, massive, wet, sloppy kiss from that JRF. Bye! Kisses all round from Nana this week. Oh! Isn't that lovely? And she's got a lovely fine pair of lips. Anyway, girl, far to your dolly old eek, girl. Gorgie. Ten points for you. If you don't know what I just said there, then you need to get into the Plari Dictionary. Isn't that gorge? Well, do you remember? We'll we'll start saying things now. Oh, do you remember JRF? Do you remember when she used to call up? Now we have to go through her agent. You know what I mean? We'll have to uh, RIP us having Nana in the room. Oh, far too big for us. Now she's at the National. The National's Galleries of the Scotland's. It's a lovely place as well. It's very posh. If you've never been up that way, oh, you should give it a nose. I'll tell you what, the calf is wildly expensive. They do a soup and sandwich meal in there. Not that I can know because I wouldn't eat wet food, as you know, we minge. But the calf is usually my favourite part of an establishment like that. I think if you've got a place that sells postcards, I'm likely to want to be in the calf. Just because I think all the other things on the walls are great, lovely, but I can see them in miniature form in the gift shop. I can touch it. I can be up close to it. I don't have to like deal with other people being in the way. I mean, I don't like other people at the best of times. So, you know, let's skip going all around and walking around and, you know, having to be quiet and put your hands behind your back pretending to be cultured. No, we're not. We're not cultured at all. Um, why don't we just go into the gift shop? Why? Well, because I tell you what, then it's just capitalism, isn't it? And which brings us back to we minge. And is that sexy? Oh, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if I could get on board with that because I tell you, I like a postcard and a shit rubber. <laughs> That's my idea of a good night out. Well, JRF, it was lovely having you whilst we can, but um, do send on your agent's um, details and we'll get in contact. <laughs> Ah, all here for the humble brag. Absolutely here for it. More of it, please, actually. Hello, Scotty. Kara here and all you crew down there. I know it's been a fucking ages. I've just triple dosed on you lot in the last couple of days. God, there's the whole thing about being sucking skint. I hear that at the moment. So much happening here. I'm only living really on mum's benefit. Oh, there's so much going down with that sort of side of stuff. And that's where waking up every morning to, like, suffering and watching that old age just sort of take over her. She's quite not in the room anymore now, which has been the sort of challenge. The dementia's really kicking in. Um, She's gone childlike, blessed, which we were worried about. She was going to go quite violent in her old stage ways. 
still dealing with that is just really putting you in the room and I've had some really great therapy from this, yeah, the amazing fucking care system coming in in London when it's working and I understand when it don't. But I'm sort of blessed there with that and she's been amazing and just going, this is burnout you're hitting right now. The stuff you're chatting to me about is is, is carer's burnout. And... Then listening to sort of like the mum's bits, you know, and this identity of losing your identity to this child. And I'm losing my identity, I feel at times, to my mum, this care of my mum. And it's going on far too long past the plan. You know, when I first sort of come in here, it was just after losing my dad. You know what I mean? I sat here and cared for my dad through death, held his hand, chanting Namriyongiko while he was dying from his cancer in his room because he wanted to die at home. And that, that, that whole sort of night and morning when he went. And it's still an amazing experience to sort of living through. But from that moment, she's had whatever heart attacks and fucking urine infections and in and out, all pre-COVID madness. And it was like, well, someone's got to stay. This shit ain't going to go long. Here we go later. Do you know what I mean? And it's and I hope you hear that from a point of love and you understand that sort of thing of an age. She doesn't quite know who I am anymore, you know, at times. Other days she does. Other days she just thinks I'm some individual that cares for her. And there's even been at times when she's slaughtering me to me, going, where's that Robert? Is he up yet? Is he up yet? Because you know it, he's late, he doesn't he get up and he does things. <laughs> what is family? What is the idea of family as well sort of brings into play? I mean, this is this is a woman who I remember ringing me up and just going, aye, you've been fucking letters here for you. I bet you've just been out there fucking being a dirty bum boy. Well, when you got fucking tame, give the call. Big Chris, I've really ranted, but it was nice to give a call in. Hi, girl. Lovely to have you back in the room. And please don't apologise. I mean, you're, you've got enough on your plate rather than thinking that you have to keep us entertained. And I'm so glad you took three of us at the one time this week. <laughs> Lucky you. Now, I hear this and it's a quandary that I'm having with myself. Because I hear this so much because, of course, long-term listeners will know that I had a very active role in my granddad's care and end of life. And my nan's got stage three Alzheimer's. And oh, I don't, uh, it's just difficult. Like, my mum does a lot of the, like, sort of remote caring. So my mum organises, because they don't live in the same place, all of, like, the carers to turn up and, you know, like, just making sure that there's no gas on in the house. And, you know, my mum's running up to you know, like 90 miles every other weekend when she can. My mum's like 60, do you know what I mean? So it's hard enough for her. And I live like (laughs) more than four times that away from them. And I I have this guilt thing that I should be closer, that I should be looking after them. But I also have this thing, and this is pertaining to my situation and not yours, Kara, that I didn't particularly like my nan. I never really got on with her because she was so horrible to my mum. She was so horrible to me. She used to, like, fat shame me all the time. She used to be so vile in very Irish Catholic ways, very manipulative, that um, I find it really difficult to separate that person from the person that now needs support. And that's, like you said, you know, like, when you were talking about your mum, like, you know, that does come from a place of care, but it just comes from a place of honesty, I sit here at night, particularly if I'm on my own, and um, I just sit here and I think, oh, I don't know what to do. And I sort of just bury my head in the sand about it. Because when I am there, I don't particularly like being there because it reminds me of my granddad. But 
I also don't particularly like the memories that I have of her there. But then you realise that she's just an old woman, you know. Families are complex, aren't they? And that role of being a carer, I feel like I've been, me and my mum have been in capacity of carer for my grandparents for all of my life because they couldn't read or write. They didn't understand how to navigate English culture, essentially. Oh, what to do? What to do with the complex feelings of like, feeling like you must, feeling like you want to, but also feeling like you should. Anyway, thanks for popping in, babes. And um, I hope there's a bit of softness within this because that is a difficult role. Much love to you, babe. Still to come, Sunday roast with Yorkshire Terriers. Yes, you heard that right. And how do you get from straight married vicar to out gay student? But before that, have you heard anything on the show that has stirred an emotion? Do you want to offer a call or some advice? Perhaps you've got some gossip. Perhaps you just want to join in. I'm all ears. Voice note us on WhatsApp to this number. Zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. Remember, it's just for fun. Look, we're all friends. We're all nice people. Don't get in your head about it. I know it can be feel like a nerve-wracking thing, but we're all just trying to be nice people, aren't we? And we'd welcome you in this room any day. Uh, hellos this week go to Ticho. Ticho says, hola. Hola, Ticho. Nice to hear from you. I hope you're doing well. Be nice to have you in the room soon. Pablo says, it's my birthday on the 3rd of May. I'm turning 50. Well, Pablo, at the time of recording, it's currently March, isn't it? Okay, now I know that might feel important to you, but that's a very long time away. Okay, so don't be coming in here with your May announcements in March. Thank you very much. (laughs) Also, happy birthday to our Debbie. Producer Deb has turned 100 this week. So congratulations. Um, Well known fact in the UK, when you do turn 100, that you do get a letter from a queen. I know most people think it's the queen, but no, it's a queen. They just choose one of us at random. It's kind of like penance for being practicing homosexual. (laughs) So Debbie, hope you got your cards. Happy birthday to producer Deb as well. Right, let's get on with the show. Hi, Scotty and producer Deb and everyone. So I literally just finished my last therapy session. Um, I'm just having a bit of a cry because uh, I'm just feeling really, like, grateful. And I think it's just got me thinking about how... Yeah, thankful I am that I've managed to have this amazing experience and that I've managed to have this, you know, wonderful therapist for two and a half years or whatever. And yeah, so like I'm pleased that I've stopped and I think it was the right thing to do. But I just literally like hanging up the Skype call (laughs) for the last time just felt really, yeah, just quite a lot. And I'm just, oh. Yeah, I hope lots more people get to have experiences like that and access therapy like that because it really has been incredibly important to me and my life and everything. I realise this sound really sad, but I'm not. I'm happy, but I'm just... There's just a lot of emotions, but yeah. Oh, hi. Nice to have you back. I think you're the person that called about how to end the relationship 
with a therapist. <laughs> I sort of said that aloud and it sounded like to people that may not know the story, like you were having a relationship with your therapist, which I can fully say I don't think this person is. I think that we were talking about and they were asking questions about like, how do you round off that relationship and what's been really interesting is it spurred some thoughts within me in my personal life brace yourself that I also have been thinking now have I come to the end of my therapy journey for the moment and what a privileged thing to say right you know like you say wouldn't it be lovely if people had access to this and this was a really normalized thing unfortunately it isn't because of the systems at play and the current colossal shit that we're living under that therapy is say it as it is it's a luxury good it's for those of us who have got enough money in our back pocket that we are able to fund our survival bugs the shit out of me believe me particularly because there are so many good organizations out there trying to counter that but they are of course so oversubscribed anyway of course we accept this we understand this we know this feel very lucky to be able to have that conversation so been thinking have I come to the end of my therapy journey uh, for (laughs) for a while I've spent the last two years talking about myself and um (laughs) I do enough of that in my work do you know what I mean and um it's really difficult to constantly be um seeking the answer within yourself and touching parts of yourself that are supple and sore and I think I thought when I first went into therapy there would be a moment where the pain the anguish the stuff the crunchiness would subside and um I think I've come to realize it doesn't does it and that's so annoying I hate that I hate that so much but you just um learn the devices to move through and I'm sure at some point I'll need more again, you know. It's that secular nature of like when you come back to therapy or you come back to certain issues or you come back to certain things, you come back to it with more knowledge. So I guess my question is, how do you know when it's ready? So you kindly brought into the room, like, how do you end? But how do you know when it's ready? Because, because, I don't know. Am I ready to go? To be continued. It's time for your favourite and mine. It's time for this week's DM DM slide. slide. (laughs) C in Ireland writes, I... (laughs) This is so petty, I love it. I once pissed in somebody's toothbrush holder at an after party because I thought they were a dick. And now they are one of my good friends. (laughs) If you've got a confession you can't put your voice to, slide into the DMs and I'll do the rest. Hello, it's uh, Jamie from Edinburgh. Yeah, you said you wanted to perhaps know more. I think the words were, oh, I want to know more, or something like that, about me having been a minister in the Church of England. The details of my life are quite inconsequential. But um, yeah, I grew up in a generally Christian household, going to choir, because I was paid, <laughs> and just kind of got I, got, I was got by God, I think, at university, very exciting churches, pe- young people actually enjoying being at church, because the churches that were there were actually fun. <sighs> they had their blind spots, let's say, like the whole sexuality issue, and I kind of tried to go through that bit of 
what is it called, therapy or conversion stuff. But it didn't take, and I sat very light to it, and I thought, well, it's a bit of a bullshit anyway, isn't it? Because I am who I am, and I can't be changed. Then kind of got called to the ministry. I said to God, look, I want some money, so let me get into business for a few years, and then I'll think about it. Well, every door I knocked on was shut until I knocked on the church, and it swung wide open, and I went in. I had a girlfriend at the time, so they didn't ask the gay question. And the gay question, as we all know, is, does this carpet go with those curtains? To which the answer is, in the church, usually, oh, no, 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 it doesn't. Anyway, so there I was training for the ministry and was about to come out, actually. My liturgy tutor in an evangelical college was gay himself and out and wrote about it and was just a real father figure for me. But he died of um, an AIDS-related illness while I was there, which was deeply traumatising. And at the same time as I found out about that, I met, alas, she was brilliant. Wonderful. And I sort of fell for her immediately. So I thought, oh, oh okay, fine. So we're by, are we? Fine. Um, and um, we got married. And that was me for a few years. But the strain of it didn't kind of work out actually and in 2005 I had a great big swing from being a straight married vicar one month and then the next month I had become an out gay single acting student sharing digs and here we are in 2022 and I feel I'm just coming out of that trauma simply because after that year I had trauma after trauma <laughs> change after change um, but here we are in 2022 and I'm actually feeling very hopeful and more stable than I have in all that time so that's a bit about me how about you Jamie, thank you so much. What a lovely story. I mean, I say lovely, you know what I mean? As in, lovely that you shared so much of it. I mean, this is your life, wasn't it? It was a real moment. There's a solo show in that, Jamie. I don't know if you thought about that. Just putting that out there for you. It's a gift. Now, let's start with the meaningful part of this call. Do the carpets match the curtains in the C of E? You're right. Church of England, absolutely no taste. (laughs) No smells, no bells, no Virgin Mary up there all crying for her. I don't think you even cover your statues in purple silk, do you, during Lent? Don't hide your icons. (laughs) Do you even have a Lent wreath? (laughs) Is there any showbiz to Church of England? That's where its downfall is. Anyway, (laughs) when you were talking, of course, coming and growing up in the Roman Catholic Church, of course, there's so much about this that I hear and understand. I too was also in the choir. My grandmother had aspirations that I would go into the church. (laughs) Because at least then, you know, I wouldn't be, well, the obvious. So, but the difference here is because I've had friends who have worked within and who are ministers in C of E, I do know it's very nullified. I mean, there's a lot of Marys. 
And because I think they're allowed to have it off, aren't they? Because they're allowed to have partners, etc. And interestingly, of course, repressed sexuality, we know about the Catholic Church. I'm not going to make any light of that. It's very gruesome. And that isn't to say that that abuse doesn't exist in other churches, but it's prolific. It's such a stain on faith. My nan and my granddad's faith was so tested by the admissions and kind of what went on in their local church and admissions of that. Anyway, we're sort of sidetracking here. When we talk about the questions that are asked of us and this healing, quote unquote, or the teachings that are often applied on those of us who are identifiably queer or who go to the priest or the vicar with certain feelings and being you know, we often seek those faith leaders to be, like you say, alternative family members. We invest a lot in them. We often talk about it as being healing or the teachings or, you know, insert other word here. And I think what we need to acknowledge with conversion therapy is it's not therapy. It is torture. It is a torture on individuals who are held and asked to submit. And that, in my world, has to be reframed. I think the way in which we talk about conversion therapy isn't to accurately describe what's going on for those individuals. In my mind, it is torturous. And so we should talk about it in those frameworks. Um, And that might be a very different experience for you. 100% totally get that. But my thoughts and my feels on conversion therapy is that we do have to start to acknowledge the violence within the language for us to absolutely acknowledge what's going on now. This is so interesting because I guess I divorced from faith as soon as I could because it had so many unanswered questions for me. And I felt so angry by it that it was easier to shut it down. And I still consider myself to be in recovery from faith because it like stained me in such ways that I just like, I can't um, deprogram that. And it's so interesting to hear your story and like what some cultural shifts that have gone on for you. Maybe, listener, you've gone in a similar direction. Maybe you have faith. Maybe you think what I've said isn't completely accurate. Well, you know what to do. Join in the conversation. No one's right. No one's wrong. We're all just contributing to this pool of chat. Get on the blower. Send us a voice note. Hello. Hello, After the Tone. Hello, Scotty, Debbie, Tim, Kat and Maya. Thanks for everything you're doing this season. It's dumped a lot here. Um, I wanted to... Sorry if I'm a bit croaky. I've got COVID, sadly, but I'm doing okay. I wanted to respond to Marilyn, the lovely woman who was struggling with dysphoria. And I just wanted to say that, like, I hope this can be a space where we can all see you and hear you and appreciate you as, as the as the woman that you are. And just to say that I can really relate. I, I, I get misgendered a lot and I also get dysphoria. And I understand the reasons why I'm misgendered. I understand how I present, but it's very frustrating when that doesn't match up and I always feel like I have to give some kind of caveat of like I understand why this is happening I know I'm privileged in other ways and all of that kind of stuff but it's just so frustrating when no one sees you how you want to be seen and again even in the queer community people that use my pronouns and get that right I just think you're still not seeing me 
you're like remembering and and when they misgender you it's kind of a reminder that you are trying to do all the right things but you're not like actually putting any effort into like reordering in your head how you see me and how you see everyone else in the world and trying to divorce that gender like in your mind is so important and it's something that I don't think a lot of queer people I'm I'm targeting queer people and like more because they're the ones I'm almost the most hurt by like straight people I'm like okay yeah whatever cis people I'm like oh okay but like I wish more people could understand that it takes a lot of work I feel you it's really tough but as ever this podcast is a beautiful space where we can like see and hold each other in the fullness of who we all are and I think that's really beautiful and sending all my love to you and to everybody else struggling with this lots of love oh hi friend nice to have you back oh what's what lovely solidarity honestly brought to tears this week because you're all just like oh you're all just nice people aren't you that's annoying (laughs) um marilyn make my friend lot lot me my friend marilyn (laughs) i just feel like oh isn't this lovely anyway enough about the loving more about the question in hand I always want to ask people who are like, oh, I don't know what to do with pronoun. Well, how does it work? What is gender? I'm like, what does it cost you? What does it cost you to hear, to listen and to be a kind person? That's all that's being asked of people is that they are told a piece of information and they accept that piece of information. That is it. In its entirety, you are just being asked to be a nice person. Wild, isn't it? absolutely wild costs the other person nothing the labor when they talk about oh yeah but it's all new to me yes well try living in the body of the person that's saying to you these are my pronouns this is how i want you to talk about my body this is my identity try living in that body and imagine how confused difficult traumatic that is compared to you saying the word they this weekend i don't know if anyone from the uk will know this but the foreign secretary minister oh i don't fucking know dickhead mcgee number one liz truss has used the ukraine war in the tory conference to say that this moment in time the war that is happening should help us all put a final end to the debate on pronouns and i thought a what scum that this is your moment in which you think do we really have to talk about pronouns because there's a war And two, fine, right, fuck it. Let's play you at your own game. If you're not worried about pronouns anymore, I'm just going to call you Liz Truss he. We'll use he, him pronouns for you, Liz. And that's not going to be a problem for you because you're over it now, aren't you? And that's that's where I've got with it. As you can hear, I'm quite angry by it. But I just think, fine, I'm just going to misgender all of these non-queer people just to fucking piss them off and realise what it's like. Do you know what I mean? They don't know what it is to wait on every fucking sentence thinking, are you going to say man? Is that what's going to come out of your mouth? Are you going to say that? You know, and trying to navigate around that and trying to like fucking be like second guess the language of people. They don't understand it. Anyway, fuck them. They're all dickheads apart from us lot. <laughs> and Marilyn, you sit over there because you're gorgeous. And lot, you sit over there because you're lovely. And Liz Trust, you can go fuck yourself. I love that I can say that on this podcast. <laughs> Lovely. Good. We're all great. They're all dickheads. That end. All right, Scotty. How's it all going? You right, Debs? All right, Captain Myers, old gang, everyone down the pub. Hope you're all good. 
Yeah, spring sprung here, isn't it? In uh, Blighty in the UK. So that's all right. Oh, he's not here. Fuck, did I already say that? Anyway, yeah, it's Sunday. So I just saw on your Insta, Scotty, that um, you're asking about what, what constitutes a standard roast dinner. Now, <laughs> the forthcoming roast dinner is, in fact, Mother's Day. Jesus fucking Christ. What a load of shit that is. Anyway, capitalism in it. But back to roast dinners. So I like roast beef. Uh, with a bit of gravy. Don't want it swimming, but I, I definitely want the gravy present. About three or four Yorkie, Yorkshire Terriers, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, Yorkshire Terriers. So I, was like, <laughs> I meant fucking Yorkshire pudding. See, this is the maximum meds for you. I'm really sorry. So, right. Roast beef, bit of gravy, Yorkshire puddings, not Terriers, for fuck's sake, you bellend. Carrots, boiled. I don't mind it. I don't want all this fancy. Just, just give me fucking boiled carrots. I don't care. Uh, boil veg standard, you know, whatever you got, broccoli, cauliflower, I hate peas, get the fuck off my plate, peas can get to fuck, right, so uh, sweet corn, eh, it's rogue, but I'll accept it if it's there, do you know what I mean, at a pub or whatever, but yeah, carrots definitely, because that's my go-to, roasties, you know, I'm a fan, but if I'm going to carbs, I'm going to go Yorkshire's do you know what I mean like it is one or the other um and then when my roast beef because I'm a boring old cunt I don't have anything I don't even have horseradish I don't have nothing no 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 just the gravy well well you think you know someone didn't you you think you like somebody okay now I mean we knew your voice don't worry about that we knew those dulcet tones <laughs> but what a fucking shocking Sunday roast what a fucking shocker. I'm almost seething. I'm almost as angry as I am about pronouns. Right, here we go. Let's break this down. Gravy. Yes, correct. Present, not swimming. We don't want things floating around a plate. Great, well done. Yorkshire Terriers. They can be there if they want. Yorkshire Puddings, plural. Yes, 10 points. Well done. What's your fucking problem with peas? Peas are absolutely delicious. Where are you coming with sweet corn? Sweet corn's not a roast thing. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, 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 no. Sweet corn is only acceptable in a tuna mix or if you get it free from one of those chicken restaurants. I called it a restaurant. <laughs> Boiled carrots. What's really fucked me off is your opinions on roast potatoes. How is it either, either, or? It's and... Roast potatoes and Yorkshire Terrier puddings. How could you live in a world in which you're like, oh, roast potatoes, give or take. They're the most delicious part of a roast. That's why they're called roast potatoes. They belong to the roast. I just don't know how you can come in here with that. Like, I am triggered on an Irish level. I'm triggered on a food level. I'm triggered on a roast. I'm triggered for the fucking roast potato. Those roast potatoes are absolutely... Do you know what? I'm going to have to have a lie down. There we go. I've composed myself now. (laughs) That is it for another week. This week we've been talking about therapy and families and faith, um, poo mysteries, productivity, uh, caring, and of course, the roast. Let's... if. I've got big thoughts and feels about that. If any of that has got you thinking, why not send us a little voice note to this number? 0788 200 3420.
And next week, I'm very keen to hear your thoughts on baths. Okay, baths or baths or baths or baths. You know, lots of different ways you can say it. Um, are you pro-bath? Are you anti-bath? Some people are very anti it. Uh, do you pimp your bath out? Do you eat in the bath? Some people do. Do you watch telly in the bath? Get on the blower. Let me know. Right, that's it for this week. Happy birthday to Deb. I've had a lovely time. I'm going to go get myself something to eat. Quite fancy a sausage roll. Mm, might have to. Treat yourself in a bit, babe. Bye. After the Tone is hosted by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, vice producer Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis, digital producer Kat Prill. After the Tone is a Debbie's production production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.